Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Welcome, Guilty Feminists, to this very special feel-good episode made possible by the National Lottery. I have it on good authority that it's coming home this year. That was a football reference there. That's right. I'm a feminist, but although I've never been much of a football person, I dabble here and there and pretend I know more than I do. I'm a feminist, but sometimes I get men to explain the offside rule to me to make them feel more important. Um, It's the women's Euros, which is on right now. It's July, it's 2022. It's time for the women's Euros. In the past 10 years, over 50 million pounds of national lottery funding has gone into women's football, helping women all over the UK enjoy the game, supporting all levels from England's top goal scorer, Ellen White, to grassroots football superstar, Comfort Etim. And it's Comfort I will be talking to in today's episode. She has done some incredible work with Refugee Women Connect, a national lottery-funded charity set up to support women asylum seekers, refugees, and survivors of trafficking. We've spoken about Comfort before on a previous episode, number 306, where her teammates came on the podcast to talk about the football team and their asylum journeys. The impact that Comfort has had came through loud and clear. It was a really emotional episode. I wept. And I recommend you go back and listen. I laughed as well. It's not sad. It's amazing what Comfort's done for so many women, but we didn't hear her own remarkable story. So together with the National Lottery, we wanted to bring her live on the show. Comfort's life has always involved football in some of her brightest and darkest moments, from being brought over to the UK on false pretenses by a man posing as a football scout, to seeking asylum after she was selected to join the Tottenham Hotspurs women's team. So without further ado, it is my honour to introduce to the Guilty Feminist, Comfort Etim. Massive applause. Um, Now, Comfort, thanks so much for joining me today on The Guilty Feminist. Thank you for having me. Um, So first of all, the women's Euros, will you be watching? Are you excited? Um, The women's Euro is just such an exciting moment for me because... Um, I had the privilege of watching the first match, obviously, on TV, um, and England did a very good job. Um, Also, we had the opportunity to go down to Wigan um, to watch the match against New Zealand and Portugal on Saturday the 9th, um, again, which was very fun. I went with the women from Comfort Angels, and it was such uh, an experience because for some of the women, it was their first time at the stadium. Um, so given that privilege to be able to watch a live match at a stadium was just phenomenal to us. And um, yeah, we enjoyed every single bit of it. And I'm excited because of the audience as well. You know, the support that is given to women's football these days 
it's just mind blowing. And I hope this continues. Oh, I am confident it will. And I'm excited to see some matches as well. I do, you know, I get into football when there's a team spirit, like Ted Lasso weirdly got me into football. As I realized it's about the family, it's about the community, it's it about the strategy and it's about the team and the, the value set. And that's really changed how I feel about football. Um, with the backdrop of the women's Euros in mind, I want to ask you about your football career. When did it start? So football for me has always been a thing in our family. My mom being a football coach, um, so literally I just picked up my mom's hobby and made it, you know, a career for myself. Um, wow. My mom is a football coach. Like I said, she also played in that time and she's encouraged me from as little as I can remember. So I've always played football. I've always loved football. Football is just something that has always been on the inside of me, something that I've always wanted to take up as a career. Um, so, yeah. Did she teach you to play when you were a child? Yes, my mom was my first coach. She coached me until I got to a level division two and I had to change clubs. I remember still playing against my mom's teams sometimes. Uh -huh. um, yeah, she was my first coach, my first mentor. Um, she's the reason why I play football today. I've seen the passion in her and, you know, the passion and the love that she had for grassroots football for me was just mind blowing, especially, you know, a woman coaching both men and women in a country whereby football wasn't that embraced. Um, I saw my mom go through a lot of, you know, insults, etc., and, you know, her tenacity and not the spirit of not giving up just made it real for me. And I just loved every bit of it. I heard that uh, your mother was Nigeria's first female football coach. Is that the case? Yes, my mother is the first accredited female football coach in Nigeria. Wow. Um, that's extraordinary. So you've got an incredible uh, pedigree there. Um, now, you were brought to the UK under false pretenses. Um, is that the case? Well, yes. Um, so obviously, one of the dreams of any football player was to play professional, you know, to go big in their career. I mean, with every career, you want to grow. Um, and one that was important to me and my mom, obviously, was for me to play football and also get education. So when that is offered, you know, um, you, you just basically grab them with both hands. And um, the plan wasn't the UK. It was meant to be the United States. Um, oh. But, yeah, um, I was told I was on transit. Um, yeah, 20 years later, I'm still in the UK on transit. <laughs> wow. God, that's horrifying. Yes. Um, so he was claiming to be a football scout, but he wasn't. But you managed to get here anyway. And in 2003, you were selected for Tottenham. Yeah, which was really exciting. It was a very low state of my life. I'd met a friend who introduced me to Tottenham. Um, she's amazing. She played for Tottenham myself. And, um, you know, that opportunity, you know, brought some kind of hope for me. Um, but obviously that didn't last that long because a year later I was pregnant with my son. Uh, so you had a baby. That's wonderful thing. Uh, okay. But did it put a spoke in your football career wheel at that point? Yeah, having a baby and, you know, um, having to go through the asylum process was a very hard time for me. 
Um, it was difficult to concentrate with football. It was difficult to go trainings and matches, etc. And being a single mom then just made it even worse. I tried getting back, but it was just not easy. So I decided to just concentrate on being a mom, really, and see how um, that would last. Um, so football for me then was a stranger, if you will. And then you moved to Liverpool and you became involved in Refugee Women Connect. That's uh, right. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Yeah, so I moved to Liverpool in 2008. Um, well, I was supposed to be on holiday and um, became, you know, my home now. Um, so the plan was to just come on holiday, get my head cleared off with a lot of situation that I was going through, find good legal representative for my case and then, you know, go back to London. That was the initial plan. But um, when I arrived in Liverpool, the support, the love, you know, there's so, there's so many kind-hearted people who have organizations that support, you know, women like myself um, going through the asylum system. Example was Refugee Women Connect, formerly known as Mirang. Um, so getting connected to them, you know, was very helpful because not only did they support me um, during... Um, when while I was seeking asylum, you know, they were able to see some potentials in me that I couldn't, in fact, see. Um, but by the help of the staffs and them, you know, hearing about my story, encouraged me and told me if I ever want a, you know, a job when I get my status, obviously, um, that's, you know, there would always be something here for me. And I was glad uh, when I was allowed to work, when I was given my status, I made an application as an outreach worker for Refugee Women Connect. Um, and yeah, I got the job. And yes, it's been amazing working with hundreds and now thousands of women, you know, in wow. the organization, just providing support for them um, through their journey. Wow. Um, and from your work now, do you know if what happened to you is still happening to others? Yes. For those who don't know about the Nationality and Borders Bill, um, which was passed recently, um, in my opinion, um, it's going to even make the asylum system even worse than what it was. Um, and again, we're still in the middle of that. There, there is now the Rwanda situation where mm. cases are going to be processed in Rwanda. So as you can see, things are not getting any better. Rather, you know, they're getting even worse. So it's definitely a difficult time now to be in that system. A hundred percent. It's just horrifying. And we really have to lobby the government to to change it because it's it's so devastating that people are so traumatized and then they're going to get sent to Rwanda for processing and most of them will never come back. Are you able to keep in touch with your family back home? Yes, I or, um, had the privilege after 15 years um, that was in 2018, if I'm right. Yeah, yeah. Um, 14 years, I think. Um, I had the privilege of going home um, to see my parents, um, which was a, a, a sweet, bitter holiday um, because my parents mm. still, you know, were struggling. And, you know, the reason why my mom wanted me to be successful in life, you know, I went back and I saw them in that state and I knew I had to come back and literally support my family. So yes, I've been able to go back home and see my parents and yeah, they now for now they're doing all right now because now I know the needs and I'm able to support my parents. 
That's a wonderful thing. And uh, tell us about Refugee Women Connect and Comfort Angels. You're not just the coach of this football team, which is, you know, we've had on the show, but you support your team members, women who are seeking asylum in the UK, uh, because you've been through that process, you understand it. Um, tell us about how the team started and what's, what the team's like. Yeah, so basically as an outreach worker um, for Refugee Women Connect, um, one of my duties is to, you know, bring in activities for the women to reduce isolation. Um, so obviously football was something that was embedded in me and I wanted to use football as an initiative to empower the women. So that was where this idea came from. But then I had no experience. I had no knowledge of how to go about it. So uh, on a fateful day, a young lady came into one of our drop-in space where we so our drop-in is a space where every woman who's seeking sanctuary in the UK can come in, have coffee, tea, food with us, chill. We have Zumba, yoga, whatever activities we have going on. We bring in professionals, you know, to speak to us, um, you know, and just basically empower the women and give them information that they need to know about. Um, so this young lady had come into our space and she was speaking to one of our volunteers and she said, Oh, I played football in my country. And, you know, the volunteer ran up to me with so much excitement saying, oh, I just met another girl who played football just like yourself. Do you want to meet her? So I said, yes, I'd love to meet her. So we just started talking. Football is so universal. It doesn't matter where you come from. Once you're talking football, the language blends, um, you know, and we were just so excited to meet each other. I said, you know what? I think this is the green light for me to get going with this football team for women seeking sanctuary in the UK and um, yeah she was like oh I would love to join um, but yeah she got an opportunity to play for the Liverpool Feds so she went away doing her stuff um, so I met a, another colleague God rest his soul he's late now who gave me some information and I also googled um, the county FA's information got in touch with them they had a meeting with me and they explained how we can go about this but before then, we decided to have a space for football for women in Refugee Women Connect. Unfortunately, that didn't go well after an evaluation. 90% um, of the women wanted Zumba rather than football, <laughs> um, which was very disappointing for me. But I'd built up five women who were so keen on playing football by virtue of the fact that they've always wanted to play football from their home country and were not given the opportunity. And I wasn't going to let that go. So the County FA um, Liverpool Foundation came together and supported me in getting some fundings where we decided to carry on. So we opened it. So we use football now to empower women, improve integration, health, and just well-being. Um, so any, any woman from the community can join, um, but especially women who are seeking sanctuary, so they can come and integrate. They can meet other women from different walks of life, you know, make friends out of their comfort zone, et cetera. So that's how we've been going. So obviously um, it was so hard with Refugee Women Connect to keep up, you know, playing weekend games, et cetera. So we decided to go and do it outside. And Refugee it's big Women now. Connect. It's big now. And we should say Refugee Women Connect is a national lottery funded charity and Comfort Angels, which is the football uh, team that you started you know we met some of the women in Liverpool and it's big it's like 
that 30 women now? Yes. Yeah, so you started with five, but, you know, if you build it, they will come. People think they want yes. to be Zimba. Yes. And then the football team starts taking off and they're like, oh, no, no, this is really exciting. I'm so thrilled to hear what you've done. And I saw with my own eyes the impact that you'd had. And we all had a good weep about it because it was it's a positive weep, a warm weep. Um, so Comfort Angels came from your role as Refugee Women Connect. Football's played a huge part in the brightest and darkest moments of your life. Your passion for the game must be intensified by this. Yes. I, I, I can really see it. How do you think the community helps the team's mental health? Um, so with coming together, um, a lot of the women normally would be in their rooms in the areas where they've been asked to stay in while they are seeking asylum and um, before being granted refugee status. So And that can go on for years. That can years. go on for years. So and there's people a lot can of... be in boarding houses and tiny hotel rooms that aren't really hotel yes. rooms. They're like I've seen them like dorms where a family is living in bunk beds. Yeah. Such, there's not virtually no floor space. It's just terrible. Exactly. And that can impact one's mental health. Um, will. So, you yeah. know, having a community, like I talked about our drop-in space at Refugee Women Connect, you know, help the women to come out and mingle and socialize. And we also have our mental health team um, that supports them one-to-one -one sessions. And we do a lot of activities like arts and, um, you know, that can help them as well in terms of trying to, obviously not on a medical basis, um, but, you know, such community does help to improve um, one's mental health. Well, I'm sure all of our mental health will be improved by watching the Euros. Um, how are England likely to do comfort? Do you think we've got a shot? I'm not going to put too fine a point on it. The men always threaten to bring it home and then they don't. But the women sometimes do. Do you think the they, women have got yes. a shot this year? I mean, I'm a very hopeful person, you know. I'll <laughs> never say never. That doesn't bode well. <laughs> Well, I'm an optimist, so I'm going to say yeah. I'm a big old optimist here, so I'm going to say yeah. Um, listen, I I believe, I still believe, was that the World Cup was quite devastating in the end, but I believe. Thank you so much for joining me on The Guilty Feminist. Is there anything else you came to say, Comfort, that you didn't get to say? No, other than I was just going to say, you know, the National Lottery is doing an amazing work supporting organisations like Refugee Women Connect, other that otherwise won't be where we are with what we're doing. That's wonderful to hear. And it's really worthwhile, just the, the big life difference in getting to know a community, having the purpose of the sport, seeing your potential reached the whole time. You know, I learned to dance in lockdown and just honestly, I don't think I'd have got, I mean, I would have got through it, but I would have been a totally different person without it because getting out of bed every day and doing something physical and seeing progress is everything. And if you add to that, the community of a team sport and, you know, that moment where you, you know, that your team scores a goal, it's, it's just the difference between somebody being miserable and disconnected and lonely and disenfranchised and somebody being fully resourced uh, with community and and physical well-being. And I think what you're doing is absolutely wonderful. And I thank you for doing it, Comfort, and I thank the National Lottery for funding it as well. Thank you. Thanks to National Lottery players, over 50 million quid has been invested into women's football over the past 10 years. And it's amazing what the National Lottery does for people. I'm so pleased we could shed some light on Comfort, her work and her story.